Hello. How's everybody doing? Oh, good. I'm doing great. Other than it's a nasty day in Oregon, but that's why it's green here. But yeah. Hey, did you notice? I don't know. Well, first of all, for people who are listening, let me know if there's any issues with my audio because we, you can see I'm wearing some a different setup. So if uh, somebody messages us to say, you guys sound terrible, let me know. Not, I don't know if I'll be able to do anything about it, but it, but at least it'll make me sad. Um, <laughs> um, and then if you notice, and this was not intentional, the Christmas tree is right behind me, but you see the star is floating right above my head. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. It's like you got this aura around you. Yeah, you're like I a do. saint. Oh, yeah. Like in all the drawings of the saints. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That... Well, welcome to Open Door After Service, where we talk about uh, following Jesus, the servant, and just whatever else Joe and I kind of have on our, on our mind. And there's usually lots of stuff. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, you know, the saints. You reminded me of something with the saints thing. When I was um, took First Communion, which is a sacrament in the Catholic Church, um, I received a gift. I can't remember who gave it to me, but it was a it was a book of the Catholic saints, uh, yeah. you know, and it was like a soft cover thing, and you could read about all the saints, and and um, the the pictures in there were of famous paintings of saints. So um, I thought that was really cool. Uh, and then we went to Europe this past summer, and I'm seeing all these paintings and going, oh, <laughs> okay. Like oh, it, they 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 weren't just from my book. Wait, what? Uh, they're <laughs> anyway. Did you receive a, a patron saint? No, I know sometimes they do. They give kids. This is your saint because of your birthday, or mm. I don't know. I, I don't know Catholicism very well. I've just heard that. I don't recall that. Uh, I do know that, like um, like my aunt. My great aunt was um, a sister who actually worked at, um, she was assigned to Mary's Woods. Um, oh, she was? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. That's she's actually. That's my wife works, for those who don't know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, every once in a while I drive over in the little cemetery and you see Sister Josephine Clare. So that was her, her the name that she took when she um, became a sister. Um, her, her her name was... Um, uh, uh, well, Josie was her actual name, um, uh, but uh, named after her mom, it was Johanna. It was Johanna Brookhouse, and then she went by Josie, so it was not to be confused with her mom, who went by Johanna. So, anyway, that's a, a well, long ways around. But. For all of us who uh, who care about knowing your, your family history. So, all two of you, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Oh my gosh! So, anyways, that's uh, that's what's going on with me. I've just had a great day. I saw some some friends that uh, move, are, are currently in Hawaii a little bit today, and now I'm hanging out with you today. What have you been doing today? Just work? Yeah, just just work today. Nothing particularly uh, exciting, at least not from my perspective. Um, meetings, and uh, and then occasionally looking outside and going. Yeah, I'm not going out there. Uh, You're not? Not even to do Frisbee golf? Um, I might go out and putt a little bit, you know, but uh, no. I mean, I'm not going to be able to convince Sam to go out. 
So because he uh, has a little bit more sense than us adults. <laughs> well, he doesn't have any events coming up, so there's no like urgency to, uh, to go out and sense. practice. So yeah. um, for me, I've got a, a tournament coming up uh, in four weeks. And uh, really, yep, January sixth. So January sixth. Okay. Nice. Yeah, which is a Saturday, so you'll see me on the subject. I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and I checked the almanac to see if it's supposed to snow, and it's not. So I'm hope I'm grateful for that. I didn't think they would do frisbee golf this, you know, all through winter. But all yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, we should probably talk about a sermon. Yes. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Oh, give... you want me to talk about it? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you suggested it. Yeah, it's true. Um, no, now I continued uh, kind of the, the 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 theme of the previous week, which is talking about the story of of the Bible, of talking about um, what I've I've called uh, the second Christmas, the second coming of Jesus. Um, Christmas is all about, as we normally think about, God coming to live with us um, and bringing salvation. Well, when Jesus comes a second time, it's the same thing, only on a greater scale of God coming to live with us, but for an eternity. And it's not just um, purchasing our salvation on the cross, but helping us to experience the fullness of it forever. And so it's kind of a second Christmas. And Advent, this time of year, is meant to both think help, help us think about the past, um, that Jesus came the first time, but also to remind us that he's coming a second time. And so what I've done this 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 Christmas is we did a little bit of the story up to when he came last week, and then this week what we did was uh, talk about, well, what's coming up next? And, um, and, and, and part of that is I just, I said, I didn't want to have a whole lot of, the, eschatology, the end times, is, is such a divisive, unfortunately, topic among modern Christians. And um, what I just wanted to do is let, let's look at some mountaintops, a couple of key points that we all can agree is going to happen. And they were that uh, things are going to get bad. It's going to get worse. Um, there'll be a time of, of spiritual danger, of uh, upheaval, both politically and in nature with famines and such. Um, the spiritual danger is going to be things like deception, love growing cold, lawlessness, um, persecution. Um, and then Jesus will show up. And uh, at that point, it'll be obvious. It'll be glorious. Um, and there'll be a resurrection, there'll be um, a judgment, um, and then we enter into, af- after that, into the new heavens, the new earth, and uh, in eternity. And that's that's at least those points are going to be there. And so then it just becomes, well, how do we deal with it? That, which is what we're going to talk about next week. How do we live in light of those clear agreeing agreements of what's going to happen in the future coming forward? I'm curious, and there's, there's a couple of things I was going to touch on, but did did you have anybody ask questions or approach you for clarification after the sermon? Actually, not in this case. Yeah. Okay. Nope. Well, um, there were a couple of things that were really small that you mentioned that that struck me, and it, it's um, what folks don't know is you and I had a pretty good conversation after the podcast last week, where we kind of dug in on on this topic to some extent. Um, but one of the things you pointed out uh, as is that um, this this topic of Jesus' return um, can be used or is used uh, as a tactic uh, to divide people 
mm-hmm. and um, th- that yeah. that the enemy uses. And um, I think it's just good to have some general awareness about that. Mm-hmm. Um, to maybe, if at all possible, to step outside um, your your passion, let's say, for the topic, uh, to understand if it's a healthy endeavor. Um, and how does that inform the way you engage with people? You know, how does that inform evangelism? You know, especially in light of, from your sermon, the idea of uh, the Joshua Project, of how many, um, you know, are, are we reaching all peoples? Um, right, have we? Mm, yeah. Maybe, maybe not. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Certainly didn't 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, but maybe now, maybe not. It depends. Depends on how you count it, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've I I've seen people elevate your a person's view of how things are, or, you know, whether you're pre mill or post millennium or um are you pre trib or post tribulation or you know, some of these kinds of things, whether you believe in the rapture as a secondary coming of Jesus or not, all of these things, they elevate that to the level of, of, uh, of the gospel, that if you don't hold their view of it, then you are essentially a heretic. I mean, it, it's, it, they really do put it at that level. I've had a, there, there is a prominent, very prominent um, uh, uh, preacher in the, in the conservative general direction uh, uh, church in America who literally said, if you do not hold to this, to my viewpoint, then you are denying the gospel. And I'm like, oh, man, come on. Yeah, well, that's just, it's not It's not a healthy thing because there just aren't, um, it's, it's not an absolute. I mean, it, it, it's not a black and white topic. Um, and it's not intended to be, from my understanding, um, no, especially yeah. with what you were preaching on on Sunday, is it's we're not we aren't supposed to know. And uh, puppy goes out. Puppy goes outside. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know it's and I and I said this a little bit on Sunday, and I, it's definitely worth repeating. Is one of the things that if you that I got out of seminary, and if you really are put in this kind of a circumstance where you're dealing with very, very smart people, you, what you quickly realize is one, they have different viewpoints than you. Um, but they, they are everybody who has these, 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 these different viewpoints. They're very, very smart. They're just as committed to scripture as you are. They, they, they've studied it a lot and yet they come to different viewpoints. And it's like, how, how do you deal with that? You can't just simply dismiss them or I don't, they don't believe in scripture or they, you know, well, or, or the, the, the line I keep, I, I hear so often from laity of, well, I've studied this. Like somebody else hasn't either. <laughs> it's like, you have your position. That's fine. But recognize that other people have come to the, to, to a different position and have worked just as hard as you have, have studied just as much as you have, if not more, and they just think differently. Maybe a little bit of humility that maybe you're not right and find a place, common ground, where you can agree on these points. 
And then let's let's stand on that because I I agree with you on 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 some on on this here. There's it is divisive, and I don't think Scripture intended it to be super clear on exactly all the details going forward. I think there's a reason for that, just my opinion. But certainly, if it was super clear, we wouldn't be debating it this vigorously 2,000 years later. We just wouldn't. Yeah. It, um, well, we would be like, there would be a, a, the stopwatch. Um, and then, uh, magically, our our perspective, our behavior, the way we engage with each other would change as that time approaches, as we realize that we can adequately prepare. Right, which is clearly a, a lesson, you know, because the lesson of the fig tree, which we talk about, we're going to probably talk about on Sunday, is you can get a sense when, I mean, the, the image is this, is Jesus says you can look at a tree and you can tell when spring is getting close because, you know, there's starting to be buds. You're going to talk, you can talk about, you know, you can start to see flowers blooming. You can see evidence that you're getting close but you never know exactly when that's and so he goes so just be ready because you don't know and and there that lesson is is rooted throughout all of the responses here uh all the applications of the of, of the scriptural writers is you got to be ready you got to be doing what you need to be doing because you don't know exactly so do what you're supposed to do because if you did know then you wouldn't do anything until it's right till the last moment. No, 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 no. Be ready. You should always be ready. On a, uh, to use a, uh, an example that is a, a secular example, and it was just for me today, um, I was asked to speak in a virtual meeting today. Okay. So I jumped into the meeting when the meeting started, and they said, um, we don't need you yet. We have to cover some other stuff, and that's um, not for your ears, basically. So um, we'll text you to let you know when you to come in. So, but they didn't give me any idea how long that was going to be. So I left the meeting, and then I'm at my computer, waiting. And then I'm like, oh, this is taking a while. I'm gonna, uh, well, maybe I'll look over here. Maybe I'll do this, and do I have time to go fill up my water um, to use the bathroom? Um, but there's this vigilance that, that's like I need to make sure that I'm checking in on on this. Now that's you know where that fits in is like is not you should sit there waiting, waiting, waiting for it to happen, but. Um, but that you need to be aware that it could come at any time and you need to be prepared when it does, when it, yeah. when it does occur. Um, right. It's all about anticipation being, being, being on that mindset of I need to be ready at any moment. And, and I've said this to people before. I mean, Jesus actually has a similar illustration, which we'll talk about on Sunday, but I've talked about this before of, you know, even if you don't think, that Jesus will return publicly in your lifetime. Sure. Um, but you could go meet him at any time. Literally any moment. You could have a heart attack and boom, you're in heaven and you're going to meet Jesus. So 
are you ready for that moment, which could happen at any moment? And that's that's really the pastoral lesson in all of this is be ready. Do you be found when your time comes to meet Jesus ready? But, uh, and I think there's a distinction between fixating on it to the exclusion of everything else and 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 and, and being aware and, and anticipating it. Um, and that may be where people get pulled into. I need to know as much as I can and have a very specific opinion about this because oh, it's going to come. It's going to come. And I, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, did we talk about that last week? I don't remember. You, I think you said you thought it had to do with control, wanting to control your future. It's possible. I can't um, remember if that was during the podcast or, or I don't. After. I don't remember either. But yeah, um, I, it was, you know, just to my perspective on it is probably different than a lot of people's or at least the way I address it. And that is, I didn't grow up in a, um, uh, in, in kind of a house of faith, let's say where there was a strong focus on his return. And so I struggle a little bit when I see other people struggle with this cause I can't relate to it. Yeah. Um, it's not something that, um, was really a focus and still doesn't remain a focus for me. Um, and I don't know if that's right or wrong, good, bad or whatever, but I do, you know, in the same way that I know for some people like elements of creation, uh, are really important, you know, the timeline of creation and Genesis and, and that's just not a barrier to my faith at all. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's a little bit about what you and I had chatted about last week after the fact. And I, 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 one of the thoughts I had with that was that I feel like we need to have the emphasis um, that uh, how do I put this? I'm, I'm trying to argue. Say so when we look at how do we emphasize various pieces of our faith, we need to look at how does the scriptural writers emphasize something. So, like, if it's a topic that they almost never talk about, maybe we should never talk about it or very rarely talk about it. If it's one that they talk about it a lot, maybe that's a topic that should be more prevalent in how we think and we talk. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. What what does the Bible seem to emphasize, and how does that measure against what we emphasize uh, as we experience um, or, um, apply the teachings, you know, um, is, is the, and I don't know if that's an accurate way to look at it or not. Uh, though, I mean, there's certainly, you know, when we look at what Jesus is talking about, you know, the, what, what's the, um, which commandment is the, what, what are the two big commandments, you know, um, love God and love others. Um, that that there was an emphasis, emphasis there that hopefully stays prominent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean we are sidelining anything else. It just means that the tip of the spear, so to speak, is... Right. Yeah. I feel like it's... How do I... I, I I'm struggling with how, how to describe it. It's, you know, we want, we, we want, we want to live out what, what the scripture writer said. Great. Absolutely. So, okay. Part of that means 
how, like, being shaped by their priorities in terms of what they think about. Um, yes, we all are speaking to a, their con. They were speaking to their context. We're speaking to our context. But just kind of an assumption is is their weight on various issues, and sometimes it's frequency. Sometimes it's the um, the passion in which they talk about a certain topic um, should be something we talk about. So, so I mean, I mean, we could press on things like so. How often is is the Bible talking about social justice issues? It, are they talking about it a lot? Or are they talking about it very little? How much are they talking about political issues versus how much are we talking about political issues? It's like it's, that's that. It's not just the details about about applying scripture but it's also the 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 emphasis the weight also is a part of following it too is it my, I, I hope i'm making sense I, or i guess i'm just saying it all over again no oh, over and over again but I, I think that's something that's sometimes missed um like how much did we talk about grace well how much did the bible talk how much did, the, did paul talk about grace how much did he talk about you know, social issues. Well, that maybe that should give you a clue of how much we should talk about social issues, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, th there was a, another thing that uh, just I was just reminded of that you had mentioned, puppy. Um, <laughs> is he's not coming back in? I remember um, in the late nineties, well, ninety nine, two thousands, um, lived in Seattle. And that was okay. about the time that the um, um, the books, and all of a sudden I can't remember the name of the books. Um, left Behind stuff? The Le yeah, the Left Behind books, that series came out. And they were so popular that they were at Costco, you know. Oh, yeah, huge. Hugely important. Yeah. And I, and I read the first couple of books, and I was just fascinated by them. Um, after a while, I'm like, this is getting stupid. Um <laughs> <laughs> this is, um, but I'm I'm afraid that some people's perspective on the rapture that Jesus return is um, is founded upon the fiction of the Left Behind series. And you you have you come from a tradition that had nothing to do with that. So part it the answer is yes. A large amount of Christians are that those are taken virtually as scripture yeah um they are based on a a, a predestined no dispensational viewpoint um they are simply expressing that viewpoint and that is a viewpoint which i'm not saying it's right or wrong what i'm just saying is that is one that came into a huge um persuasive uh, prominence within particularly the western church at around the 1900s, mid mid 1900s, and that is just an expression of that viewpoint. And so, yeah, I have friends that they that's that is their viewpoint, and to question that viewpoint at all is is akin to saying you've rejected the gospel, you you're, you're unscriptural completely. And I'm like, do you not understand that some famous people? that you all think would be great. Yeah, Spurgeon, Jonathan Edwards, Martin Luther, John Calvin, I mean, D.L. Moody, I mean, they would all disagree with you. <laughs> they didn't hold that view at all. 
And so it's like, uh, but yes. <laughs> the other reason why you probably didn't like them is because it's Christian fiction, which. Well, none of it's very good. It, that, but I would say, though, that, I mean, those were books that I looked forward to reading. Like I, the first three books, I, I tore through those, you know, and I remember reading some Frank Peretti, you know, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and finding it very entertaining. I mean, I, I love to read. And so I have a certain uh, there, there, it took me a long time as a reader to abandon a book that was not satisfying. If you know, I'm mean, like, I would, Oh, really? I felt yeah. like I, if I started a book and I got a certain ways through it, then I was obligated to finish the book, even if I wasn't enjoying it. And, and that even went into like series of books. Well, I've, I read the first one. It was good. The second one, not as good. I guess I just got to keep reading. Uh, but it took me a long time to get past the obligatory piece of that to go, I just am not enjoying this and setting it aside. So I would consume a lot of books. And I found the books entertaining enough. I didn't, I thought they were intriguing in how they might be representing um, what could happen. Mm -hmm. However, perspective. I didn't bring any baggage into it. Uh, or any preconception to go either A, this is exactly how I thought I was going to roll, uh, or B, this is ridiculous. This is not supposed to be like this. It was more like, oh, okay. So for me, it was more, I was curious. Um, and then at some point, the cynical part of me went, why are we still writing these books? Like, uh, I thought there was one per year, and now there's like 12 uh, I got better things to do with my time. Uh, that was a book, a series that I just set aside and said, I don't need to, <clears throat> and because there's a deterioration of quality too, as it, you know. Yeah. Well, that's the Christian problem. That is the Christian problem. Yeah. I mean, there are people like Travis Thrasher who are Christian that write fantastic fiction. Great writer. Um, happens to be a friend of mine. Just <laughs> throw that out there. But well, historically, that's the case too. Arguably the greatest, works in, in in the English language are Christian books, like from Dostoevsky or Tolstoy, both of whom were, were Christians. And they definitely wrote from a Christian perspective. And, and those works, War and Peace and uh, the brothers, I can never say the name, the name right. Uzmah. Uh, oh, no, I know Uzmah. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, Brothers K. <laughs> greatest books of literature ever written. And they are bluntly Christian. So we've, we went from in the 1800s writing the greatest possible literature, making the greatest possible um, um, art to where we are now, where we're a barely a, a, a sad derivative of, of current culture. It's, oh, how we've fallen. So anyways. That, that, that's that, off that's topic. A, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole nother topic. Um, but Yes. That, that, that is a there is a, a a big strain that in in the Christian culture in the Western conservative world and it's only in the Western conservative world that has this strain mm. um, that 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 has that viewpoint and it's don't yeah I know and and I, I even saying the, our conversation I'm like. So who, 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 who am I going to tick off today? 
yeah. by by saying maybe this isn't exactly all the only way to look at this stuff. Yeah, and that's that. I have a one of my best friends growing up is a person that's very black and white on these topics, and I love him, and I don't talk about this stuff with him because it's not helpful, you know. And that's the tragedy because I because we we the, the the scripture writers do talk about the second coming a decent amount they do talk about it in terms of how do you what's the impact that knowing what's going to happen how that should impact you today and so we we lose all of that we we you know the the way we we've, we've interacted with revelation means that um, that book, and I think the application that was intended for that book is completely off the shelf because of how hot of a topic it is and how we've approached it. And that's not good. It's not good that so few of, of, of the Christian books or, or, or the Christian songs have anything to do with the Second Coming. This is not a good thing. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, not, it's a dangerous topic for pastors to talk about the second coming because you're going to upset somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do recall, um, there being some, the going back five or six years, there was some, some tension amongst people in the congregation, a couple of folks that had real strong beliefs yep. around this. And if you didn't speak it in this very specific way, then they're moving on. And, um, <sighs> And that's yeah. uh, that's unfortunate. Um, uh, it's part of the reason I like in my Facebook feed. I don't. I've thought about like people who share stuff that I'm very uncomfortable with about removing them from my feed. Mm. And I'm like, but if I do that, then I'm basically closing myself off from their perspective. And even if right. I don't agree with them, um, I I'm going to leave it there. You know, I'm just going to choose how I'm going to respond to it if I respond to it uh, in any right. way. And I think we need to kind of remain open to hearing people. Um, even, you know, Jesus hung around a bunch of people that did, uh, um, he influenced them without being changed himself. Um, and I think if we have enough confidence in who Christ is and what he means in our lives, then we can allow ourselves to be open to hearing without believing or condoning um, yeah. opposing viewpoints. Um, and as we're going to talk about Sunday, my encouragement is, is on all of these things. Let's focus on the, the, the application more than the timeline. Yeah. And uh, because I, because they always do that and we're going to see it on Sunday. They always take this this topic and says, therefore, you need to live like this, whether it's Jesus, whether it's Peter, whether it's Paul, whether it's John. And so um, that's what we're going to talk about on Sunday. And uh, how do, what do we do? How do we how do we wait well for the second coming? All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. If you do have questions, I'm happy to talk to you about it and um, see if we can get some interesting conversations going sounds good so we'll see folks uh, sunday uh online yeah, sunday. or in church yep take care take care